Another exciting way of the brush? I think we are. Or maybe, I don't know. Nah, you know what? Let's cancel it for today. I don't feel like it. <laughs> I was just kidding. I'm not. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting way of the brush. Now, I say another because I've done this show before. And it was on hiatus for a while. But now, I'm back. On my own channel. Doing it this way. Should be fun, right? Basically, the premise of the show, for those of you not familiar with it, of course, is we are going to explore together this mystery that is miniature painting that's the goal the ambition is we are going to explore vast <laughs> it was hard not to bust into like a star trek thing but yeah and anything and everything and we hey we'll have a few laughs along the way we'll you know for some of you you might learn something but otherwise yeah it should be fun right i mean this this should be good for a laugh Maybe. Unless you're very serious. Unless you take your, your miniature painting very seriously. And then, yeah, this is not going to be for you. This is... Because, <laughs> you know, I like to have fun. And, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like to have fun? Now, this is on YouTube. And the fun part about this is that the comments, like a chat, are going to stay. And so everybody who views this, you know down the line and jeez, I keep hitting this talk with my hands the whole time so anybody who's you know watching this after the fact that you know because this is obviously live right now for everybody but the nice thing is is that the comments are you know they stay and so it's kind of cool that in fact people can view the comment that I'm responding to and yeah it's kind of fun right it's not as interactive as a live chat. I'm sure that they'll, I'm sure YouTube will f figure something out, right? Because, you know, they're real smart like that. <laughs> and so it's good to see. There's a few people here. It's kind of fun, right? Jeez, maybe I should shut my office door or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm just checking out the chat here. Doesn't seem to be a whole lot of talking going on, but I mean, it's not really a chat, it's the comments, right? And I see Mr. Pony Pledge. Sup, guys? Holla, Chris, holla. What does that mean, holla? Like, hello? Ha uh, you're holla hollering at me? Holla. I see that a lot. I don't. See, I'm not really with it, so I don't, you know, I don't get all these terms because. They just escape me at times. 
sorry, it's coffee break. Coffee break. You guys are gonna sit there and watch me drink coffee all day. And so I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna sit here and wait next 20 minutes. Till somebody, you know, writes something, question, you know. So feel free. Ask me questions all the time. That's what this live show is about. It's asking me questions. You know, but painting, terrain, the hobby, army lists, color schemes, anything and everything under the sun. And it's nice out. Well, it's actually not nice today. It's kind of overcast, but. <laughs> Send me emails. You know, I like, uh, I like getting emails from people, you know, questions and such. I can answer them here live, you know. Send me pictures of miniature stuff, you know, what you're working on. If you want some advice on color schemes and what have you, right? And I got and I, I got an email from a fellow. So I'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Because he wasn't going to be able to view it live today. You know, which is kind of unfortunate. And, uh, yeah. Let's go back to these comments here. Holy moly, now the comments are starting to pour in. Good, no, pe people keep those comments rolling, right? Diaz, <laughs> ZX, Diaz, Dias, Deus, Deus ZX, Des, Deus, I don't know. Sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, but anyway. I like your mustache style. You look like a swashbuckler or a Spanish knight. <laughs> okay. I well, because okay, normally the hairs here they just grow long and long and long, and they it all starts to hang. And I get that whole kung fu master thing going on, and yeah, it's just you know. So I figured I might as well start doing this. And but the plus of you know having the hairs go like this is actually very practical. And anybody who's let their mustache grow and let these corner hairs grow, the um. When they go out like this, it actually is very comfortable because you don't feel it on your face and it doesn't get in your soup or in your food when you're eating. And so it's actually very practical that the hairs go this way. Now, it kind of starts to take on kind of a um, a feline kind of feeling, but yeah, um, but it's fun and I enjoy it. And it's better than just having them hang down because then it all looks very sinister. Whereas this way, it's like, <laughs> you know. I can do dastardly things. <laughs> dastardly. I don't even know what that means. Somebody look that up real quick. <laughs> Mark Yablon. Hello from a newbie. Well, hello, Mark. Mark Yablon. Yablon? Yablon? <laughs> the lunch. Hala equals. Hello. Mostly used in Europe. Oh, okay. Hala. Hala. Hala? Hala la la? I don't know. <laughs> okay, and so, before I get back to any more of the comments or questions, I get to this email that this young fella sent. I don't know if he's a young fella, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? Yeah, well, let's show the email. Chris. This is from Craig Sean. Ignore his email. I don't want... You know what? Maybe I should have erased that. <laughs> okay, ignore that. Don't, don't copy this poor man's email address. <laughs> I love your work and I'm very excited for you to come back to Way of the Brush. 
Since I will not be available on Saturday because of work, I was wondering if you could address the new convergence of Cyrus Warcaster Aurora. She is very difficult for me to put together, and I was hoping you could give me some quick tips or even a little bit of video time about putting her together. Painting her would be a huge bonus too. Thank you, Chris, for what you and everyone else at Mini Wargaming do. Sean C. Ultra Materials? I don't know. I'm anyway, ignore ignore his email. Don't Don't send him. Don't spam him. <laughs> I should have fixed that before I posted that. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Sean. I'm sorry if anybody does anything nefarious with your email. But hey, you know. Send some love his way. Send send him a, a nice Christmas card. If he celebrates Christmas. I don't know if he does. but So, the new Warcaster Aurora. For anybody who's not familiar with this model, uh, it's from War Machine, Privateer Press. And they're really, it's a new whole new fashion for a War Machine. Love my, I love my War Machine. I, I play Mercs in it for anybody who cares. Uh, the model, though, she is very uh, with, and it's a pewter model. Now, as I'm kind of getting on and I'm starting to not like pewter models. Now, not, not that I hate them or anything like that, but I'm finding that anything that's cast in pewter, I'm liking resin versions of it better. Now, it's not to say that I like fine cast or anything like that. Like, although I don't mind fine cast. Uh, I know people just hate on fine cast. But I'm finding that as I get older and just working with pewter is just kind of a pain because I like pinning and a lot of privateer press models are, are pewter and they do require pinning. There's a lot of models that require pinning and it's just a huge pain. Now this model, I've not seen it in person, this Aurora model, but anybody who does like a quick look at what we're talking about here is Convergence of Cyrus. Aurora, she's a warcaster, and she's in a really cool kind of pose where she's, you know, she's striding forward, and she's got these big, awesome-looking wings. It's a really nice model, but I imagine she uh, is glued together at really funny points. Like her, I don't know. I like I said, I haven't seen the model, and so I might have to f scare one up and assemble it. But in most cases, with really fine pewter models like that. <clears throat> the often what ends up happening is a lot of people just kind of clean the model you know hopefully you're cleaning your models and hopefully you're filing down the mold lines stuff like that and then you're just gluing the parts together well one of the big things when you're uh gluing pewter models especially pewter models and i don't see people do it a lot and i you know i give them heck every time is score the parts now, for some of you, you might not know what I mean by scoring the parts. Well, scoring the parts. You, essentially, have your metal model. I don't have... Well, I don't have any good metal models, anyway, for display. But <clears throat> where your two little parts are going to connect, just, like, lightly score. Now, you don't have to cut deep gouges or anything into the model. But lightly score, just, like almost like you're drawing like tic-tac-toe grid right essentially you just do a couple lines and then a couple lines and that's it that doesn't have to be a deep gouge but enough pressure that you're leaving lines visible lines 
you don't have to really like you know gouge the model but you know such and such like that basically like you're drawing uh oh jeez i keep hitting this sorry about that sort of like you're drawing um a tic-tac-toe kind of grid for anybody who's played tic-tac-toe maybe we'll play tic-tac-toe later i don't know why and essentially that's it now <clears throat> that is before even pinning if you really now you can do this in conjunction with pinning but for a lot of these models i find that just scoring the parts like i did uh, a quick tip that's in mini wargaming's vault on scoring delicate little models and nobody has delicate more delicate little models than the infinity range and this dude like here yeah we'll do it up against my shirt here oh jeez, hit that again you can see the model here he's very tiny and he's got these little tiny little details on his backpack you see look little little, little doodads i don't know what the heck they are but his arms had to be glued in his backpack had to be glued on these little doodads that went on his backpack but yeah both arms had to be glued together on this guy and all i did was score it and i've i've tumbled it around dropped it and you know it'll hand it'll once the parts are scored it makes a very secure bond and that's what crazy glue really wants when it's you know you're putting your models together crazy glue wants or glue in general wants something to to grab onto and that's why you do it and that's essentially scoring everybody should be doing that for their models especially their pewter models but even the plastic um even plastic resin resin is a bit another big one because resin if you don't clean it properly the mold release is often left on it and paint and such and glue it, it forms a barrier on the model and when you're glue and your models will keep coming apart and you'll drive yourself bonkers and you'll stop loving the hobby and we all want to love the hobby because it's a hobby and we love it but yeah so that's a quick uh rundown for you sean i don't have the access to the model but someday yeah I mean, I, I'm, I'm not huge on that whole new faction, but, man. So, let's go back to the comments. Okay, now we got some, now we got some talking going on here. And, yeah. Dum, 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 dum. Hello there, Chris. Took a bit to find ya. Eric Pruitt. Pruitt? Oh, yeah, that name's familiar. <laughs> Ariana157, hola is Spanish for hello. Oh, hola. Isn't that hola? Or is that what that, oh, you just don't pronounce the H because it's, no, I, is that how it works? I don't know. Uh, Pony Pledge, it means hello in Spanish. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Hola. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I mean, you know, like um, I was living in Memphis, Tennessee for a while. And I used to go to this Spanish joint. I love Spanish food. I, I like Mexican food. I love it. Love it. Burritos, queso. Um, oh man, I just I could eat that. Nachos, you know. Now I know, I realize like those are you know kind of like the common stuff. But there's a joint here in uh, in Niagara Falls that uh, I go to whenever I because you know it's authentic mom and pop kind of uh, Mexican kind of food. Love it. But anyway, when I was living in Memphis, Tennessee, 
there's this uh, Mexican joint we used to go to all the time. And they also used to treat me real nice. And all the time, everybody always spoke Spanish to me. And I'm, I was like, I'm sorry, no habla. Uh, yeah, I don't speak Spanish. I'm sorry. Probably should because, you know, the language is going to be everywhere, right? Another 20 years, everybody be speaking Spanish. Uh, <laughs> where, I don't know what that had to do with painting. I, like I said, we're, we're going to be random on this show. And so everybody who's not that familiar with, you know, way of the brush. Yeah. And also people, you know, keep, keep the questions coming. That's, that's great stuff. <laughs> uh, Vero Senchel. Good day, sir. Well, good day to you. Too many live shows this weekend. Ayanabu. Ayanabu. I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> Too many live shows this weekend. I don't. I don't know anybody who has a live show on the weekend. Does anybody have a live show on the weekend? I don't know. Uh, RC Nosebleed. There he is. Oh my God. I only just saw the chat thingy is on the right. L O L. Yes. L O L. Laughing out large. <laughs> is that what happens when it's a big guy? Is that what it's called when I'm laughing? I'm I'm LOLing. I'm laughing out large. I don't that doesn't make any sense, I know. Two brother games. How would you paint the checker patterns on Harlequins? Oh my god. Well, quick answer. There is a video on it in the vault. I've done Harlequin checker pattern. Um, but essentially, uh, okay, quick rundown. You thin the paint down. Uh, often, I've been becoming a real big fan of using the uh, thinner for Games Workshop paints. And I only, I, now I don't prefer Games Workshop paints. I actually prefer Vallejo paints. Um, but essentially, just using the thinner on black or whatever you're doing your lines in. Thin it down, get your finest brush. You start off with lines. And again, you're kind of drawing like a tic-tac-toe. But instead of going like completely perpendicular, you can kind of create the lines like that. You know what I mean? Like Because perpendicular would be like that. And of course, you're always offsetting. And the, really, the hard part is like, okay, well, where do I start the lines? And in the video, like I show, uh, you just kind of pick a point. And often I'll start at the kneecap and I will start with a line and I'll just try and go. And really the, the biggest and hardest part of it is keeping your brush perpendicular to the surface. So if your surface is like this, often when we're painting and the hairs will come uh, sideways across the surface and it'll spread out, right? Because you've got a nice point and it gets thicker because it tapers like that. And so when you draw, you end up with that side brush action and it'll create a thicker line and you don't want that. And you'll, you'll, again, you'll drive yourself nuts, right? So you always want to keep your brush perpendicular to the surface, right? And so that way you're drawing fine lines. I could demo it if everybody wants a quick little demo on that. But, you know, yeah. Um, that's, that's roughly it. But again, there is a video in Mini Wargaming Vault or was it on the quick tip week? I can't remember. Or I don't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> okay, Tim Roberts. Have you ever used Night Blue from Vallejo? And how did the color come out? 
more of a purple or blue night blue yeah back in the day even games workshop had a really kind of night blue and when it dried it would have a kind of a purple shine to it now sometimes if you wanted that effect uh you can you know use that to your advantage create some really interesting looks but yeah uh night blue sometimes it does dry with a purple sheen to it but i have found that when you give it a um coat of varnish either matte or gloss it often kills that that um that purpley shine to it so if you don't want that purple shine to it then yeah you can kill it with a varnish uh, a matte or satin or gloss yeah but that's about the easiest way i i found if you don't want it if you do want it now if you want to protect your model and preserve that that purple shine like if you wanted to keep that yeah i don't know because you have to protect your model right and you want to keep that weird effect i don't know unless of course you protect the model and deliberately put that purple in there but i don't know no so yeah sorry tim I, i'm not 100 percent sure because but a, a friend of mine he painted his uh phantom titan and he want he he was scrounging around for that particular gw color and yeah it was uh you know and it's a phantom titan it's huge it's if you go to my blog you'll see if you you got to scroll back like last year or year before and you'll see pictures of it it's standing next to my phantom titan which is like his is the new one and mine is the old one and so we were just doing like size comparisons but yeah <laughs> we were doing size comparisons oh that sounded bad anyway okay so yeah i don't know if that helps tim but <laughs> that's all i got right now I'd have to explore it further, I think. Um, Mr. Me Poser. Mr. Me Poser. I, you know, I gotta stop reading these names because sometimes somebody will get me with those. But anyway, listen to this while building through the new Marine Vanguard models. So much bits. It's pretty awesome. Cool. Got some new Vanguard. I like, I'm kind of digging the new Stern Guard. I'm kind of digging them. And I'm, I'm, I, I like the Crimson Fists. And so I've always wanted to do and i keep talking this and you know people are probably getting tired of me saying it but i mean i have like some stern guard models i even have uh pedro cantor because i want to do a pedro cantor stern guard drop pod army just strictly drop pods i think i might do it as an ally for my eldar and that, that might get me motivated to you know do more but yeah i like because just the idea of stern guards dropping in bang and then Sterngard's coming out and Meltas and Plasma's all over the place and, you know, just mowing everybody down. And the fact that Pedro makes them um, um, scoring units as well is also handy. Pedro. Pedro Cantor. That's kind of a Spanish name. And we're back on to the Spanish thing again, I guess. Okay, coffee break. Hold on. Oh, excuse me. Alrighty back to the comments yo yo mon 996 or 996 you mean there are 996 yo yo mons out there <laughs> hey chris i have a question about painting orc skin how would you do the bone type highlighting they have on sharp edges of their skin i have tried many times but it seems to st stand out too much 
Okay, wait. I have a question about painting orc skin. How would you do the bone type highlight they have on the sharp edges of their skin? The bone type. You like using the bone color in the green to highlight up to give it that real pale look? I think that's kind of what he means. The highlight and they have the sharp edges. They have the sharp edges. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he means by that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, where was the question? I lost it. There it is. Nope, that's not it. Wow. I'm already lost in this chat again. <laughs> now what happened to the... I'm confused now. Because I was just looking at this chat and somebody posted something and now the question's missing. Yo, yo, man. Where did that question go? Oh, there it is. Oh, I skipped the chat. Ha, 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 ha. Oops. Sorry. Okay. So the sharp edges. Well, <clears throat> the bone type highlighting. I'm not sure what that means, the bone type highlighting. But other than I can only assume that they're going from uh, a green and they're adding in the uh, bleach bone color, which is uh, in the new GW range is Ushabti bone. They're adding that into, say, for example, Caliban green or Dark Angels green, starting from that and then working the highlights in and building the color up or blending it, whichever way you want to go about it, right? Which uh, yields some very interesting results. Now, if you go to like, um, you know, online galleries like uh, Cool Mini or Not or whatever, and the orcs have that very nice pale effect going on. That's often what they're using is bleach bone. And it, it bleach bone, like the, the color, that color is really fun to use because it's really light and it's really warm. And so when you throw it into a cool color like green, you get this nice mixture where in the shadows it's cool, but in the highlights it's warm and yeah, and you and you end up not going when well because the bleach bone also has a bit of a brown, which is kind of like yellows and oranges. It brings that that's what really gives it that warm quality, and when you have that mixing in with the green, it starts to really you know change the feeling and and it introduces more of that green, but also because there's a lot of white in it in that color, that it makes it very pale and it's just very interesting. Now for keeping the very sharp highlights. Well, you're just using your sharpest brush, you know, your finest point brush, and using thinner. Now, often I would use water, and water is fine, but I've found that, especially with the Games Workshop colors, using the thinner uh, works really well. Reason being because Games Workshop paint is thick, and it's really like a, a greasy paint, a greasy feeling, like it's, you know, it's, it's like sludge when you're moving it around. And with the thinner, it, it thins it in a, a very desirable way where it feels more, still feels like paint. And often anybody who's uh, ever played like with uh, tempera or watercolor paint and you apply it to a surface and then all of a sudden it'll kind of like bubble up all over the place. When you have the acrylic thinner in the GW stuff, it, it applies still like paint. It, it still feels like paint, just very thin. And it actually feels more like how... Uh, Reaper or Vallejo paints feel 
and anybody who's used those paints knows that you know they they, they go onto a model very well. They cover very deeply, and I just it, they're a joy to work with. I love Vallejo paints. I'm a big Vallejo fan. I use Games Workshop paints all the time for the videos and such and the tutorials, but I'm a fan of Vallejo. Uh, I find that their colors are so strong. But don't get me wrong, there are pluses in Citadel's side, being their black and their yellows. Those two colors from Games Workshop are very strong and when you compare them to other paint lines, they're really good colors. I'm a big fan of GW Black and their yellows. Sorry, another coffee break. Uh, excuse me. All right, so, um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on what the bone type highlighting. Yeah, that was kind of throwing me off there, yo-yo man. Um, Pony Pledge, don't pronounce the H in hala. Ah, Ola, right? It's Ola. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to take some Spanish lessons, I guess. Uh, I'm kind of going bass backwards here. Hold on here. Let me catch up where I thought I was, but apparently I wasn't. <laughs> um, did dum 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 dum. Pony Pledge, how did you get started in the hobby? How did I get started into this hobby? Uh, I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again because it's, it's such a good story. <laughs> it's it's a great story actually. Okay. And I, th I'm, no, I think somebody else had asked me, but like we were in person talking. I think that's why this is kind of like, I'm pretty sure I've told this story before. <laughs> I've told this story many times and here it is. When I was a young lad, I always had uh, artistic persuasion, drawing, coloring, painting. I've, I've considered myself an artist for a very long time. I'm very artsy. In a good way, not in a, you know, well, I guess there's only a good way. But anyway, <laughs> I used to love putting together models. I used to love putting together Star Trek models. Um, I used to, you know, when I was young, I always had like the Star Wars toys. And I would, you know, I always play. And then I was getting into Star Trek and I used to love Star Trek. And, and my mother had picked me up models. And I used to do like model cars and all that fun stuff. But then when I started getting into the sci-fi kind of stuff, I used to love it. And I used to have like all my sh spaceships hanging and yeah, Star Wars. Lots of, lots of stuff. And then I, I went to a hobby store. It was like, I used to, I was living in London, Ontario at the time. I was a young lad and there was a hobby store in the um, mall there. And this was around, geez. 88, 89, 90, somewhere around that. I was around 13, 14, around that. And I was big into uh, Aliens, the movie Aliens, you know, uh, James Cameron, Aliens, Space Marines, you know, that was around 86, 87. 87 is around when I saw it. Loved the movie, loved it. Still do today, love it. And I loved the idea of these men in the corridors fighting against the aliens. And so I went, when I went to this hobby shop, I saw this box art of these guys in suits of armor and they were fighting aliens in corridors. And so I looked at the back of the box and there was these little men, these little plastic men and these little aliens 
and you're fighting and it's a game and you're fighting, you know, it's a board game and you're fighting in the hallways. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I was, I was kind of blown away. I was, I was, I had to have this game. I had to have this. This was everything I, in fantasy, like how I imagine things and I, you know, I see the movie and how I, you know, I love that stuff. And then here's a board game that embodies that. And yeah. So I begged and begged and begged my mother to buy this for me. And I begged and begged and begged some more. And so she finally bought it. Well, then when I get the game, and of course I had a friend of mine, you know, I started playing with him and, you know, we got down the rules. But then seeing how the models were bare plastic, but on the box, they were painted. And I was like, well, wait, I want my models to look like that on the on the art, right? In the back of the box. And then so I seen a magazine at, that was called White Dwarf. And, you know, started flipping through. And there there was my models. And I was like, oh, there's my I, I have those models. How do you paint? And then all of a sudden, all the little articles. And when White Dwarf used to be really interesting and they had gaming articles. Not to start harping on that stuff, but, you know, hobby stuff used to be really good <laughs> you know and you know anyway <laughs> back to the story <laughs> I, I wanted the, my models to look like those models and i went out and picked up paints and i had everything from like uh ral partha used to produce a line of acrylic paints i and they were like big jars and I picked up testers, enamels, and it was it was a wide smattering of paints. And I started painting my models. And I started off with those cheapo plastic brushes and stuff like that. And then I wish I still had those models. I don't know what happened to them, but just so I can show people, like the very first models I painted, which were Space Hulk models, um, like what... Like how I paint today, and then I wish I still had those models so that I can show people like this is what what I started out doing, and this is where I'm kind of at today. <laughs> you mean Space Hulk? Yes, I mean I'm talking about Space Hulk. Yes, <laughs> so everybody knows. Yes, the the first edition of Space Hulk. That's what I'm talking about. That's the board game that I got really jazzed up about, and then so I started playing Space Hulk, getting models. And then I started seeing the blister packs of other models and, you know, some of them weren't, uh, some of them were Dungeons and Dragons and I, you know, I, st I played Dungeons and Dragons, the models, you know, started painting them up, started getting more and more paints here and there, started to realize that no acrylic paints are better than uh, enamel paints because, well, enamel paints are just a pain to work with and they kill your brushes and you can't use sable with them. Well, you can, but you'll just destroy your brush. But anyway, acrylic paints, that's why we all paint with acrylic paints because just control what you can do with acrylics versus enamels, which tend to be very thick and, you know. But anyway, Space Hulk. Started playing that, getting into that. Buying other random kind of models. Weren't even Games Workshop stuff. It was like just all over the board. And then I went on a trip to Florida with family. And everybody was having sickness and I was the only one who was healthy. So I went for a cruise. I went to a hobby shop, see what kind of stuff they had, any sales, anything like that, right? And I saw the uh, Rogue Trader, for Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader rulebook. I had a whole bunch of pocket money on me, 
back in the day, the book didn't really cost that much. And I, I saw it and I was like, wait a second, this is Space Hulk. Oh, wait, no, there's Space Marine stuff. Because they talk about, like, you know, I've read the background like a hundred times. I was picking up White Dwarfs and I was very familiar with everything. And so finally I got the, um, the rule book for Warhammer 40K. And spent the rest of the holiday, summer holiday, reading through that. Convinced a couple buddies to try it out. And it took off from there. And it's it's been 40K. So really, how I got started in this hobby, painting and such, it was a love of assembling models, you know, hobby. Artistic side, right? Expression and everything like that. And then, yeah, Space Hulk. Space Hulk is what got me into all this. And, you know, to, to this day, Space Hulk is still one of my favorite games. I just, I still love the idea of, you know, the guys moving through the hallways and, you know, shooting and aliens coming in scary. Cause like, it's, it's all about the, it's all about the scary sci-fi, but you're, you're still kind of safe behind your machine, machine gun kind of thing. Right. And until it jams and then you're dead, right? <laughs> then the aliens, I get you and you're dead. But yeah, Space Hulk. That was my thing. That was what got me into it. Um, yeah, so let's go back to the comments here. Because I... Yeah, that was Pony Pledge. Mark Yablon, I was going to do veteran dark angels. And I was wondering about if I can do a dark brown instead of beige for their cloak. Well, I recently did a video on painting the cloaks. Especially, like, you know, for those... Uh, like a dark angel kind of color scheme. A dark brown instead of the beige. Yeah, you can you can do it. Um, you can paint it any color you want. You can paint it bright or yellow, or you know whatever, right? But yeah, a dark brown instead of beige for their cloak. Yeah, I would do it. It wouldn't look bad. Uh, dark brown, but see the armor is a dark, um, a dark green. Unless of course you paint them like they're the Deathwing, then you have the you know, the beige color for their armor and then dark brown would look cool for the robes. That'd be cool. But often if there's like your veteran troopers or whatever, and they have just the, the, the robes and then the green armor. Yeah. The model will feel quite dark and you might actually not like it or you might, I don't know, but yeah, you can go right ahead. It would look kind of cool. It's just, you'd need some other brighter colors in there. I think just so that it, you know, it didn't, the whole model just didn't seem overly uh, oppressive and, you know, angry up. <laughs> Matthew Ward, how do you fellows enjoy the certain new codex that just released? Uh, Space Marine, haven't, haven't read through it, uh, but I hate those uh, Centurions. Uh, I don't care what the rules are. I know apparently they're quite powerful and blah, blah, blah. But um, the models, ugly. Ugly, ugly models. They're so boring. They're so boring looking. And the concept for them is quite silly. I don't understand how, in the grand scheme of, you know, how the Imperium evolves from, you know, like the Horus Heresy and to the, the, the modern day, how that, that fits in, that a Space Marine jumps into a Space Marine suit. Like, you know, it, it just seems ridiculous. It, it doesn't seem like it fits in with the whole motif at all. And, yeah. And I just I just don't like the models. Like, the helmets look ridiculous. They don't look like Space Marine helmets. They look like a cartoon of a Space Marine helmet. They look cartoonish. 
and I'm usually one for cartoons. Like I love cartoons, but their helmets don't fit. They don't look like a Terminator. They don't look like a Space Marine. They don't even look like the many variations of the Space Marines. And so, like, what's going on there? Like, just dumb, 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 dumb. Uh, Eric Prout has an example. I base coat wash then three layers followed by edge highlighting. Okay. I must have missed the question. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Um, dum 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 dum. Where was I? Lichen up in smoke. Hey, Chris, what's the best way to undercoat big models with a dark, like a dark Eldar flyers without seeing the brush strokes and without using an airbrush? Thanks. Okay. The best way of base coating or undercoating? Undercoating. Of undercoating. Like primer? I would assume primer. Well, like Army Painter sells the primers, the color primers, especially if you're going for a color. Um, I'm a big fan of Citadel's white primer and black primer. The black primer I'm a big fan of. Uh, if you're not using an airbrush, of course, you're just using these sprays. If you're brushing on your uh, primer, like if you have a bottle of primer, like liquid primer that you just pour into your palette and, you know, you start applying it. Yeah, you got to be very careful. You can thin it down a bit with water, but uh, water ends up changing its consistency and it doesn't go on very well. And it'll actually start to do that whole, you know, uh, raindrop like effect. I, I can't think of what the heck that word is called, but when, you know, because of the viscosity of the plastic and the paint, it'll just kind of, you know, bubble up. And so when you add too much water to your liquid primer or your, your painting primer, yeah, and you're doing it by brush, but. The best way to undercoat a big model, though, like a Dark Elder Flyer, would be with a spray. Uh, now, some people don't like paying the price for Games Workshop's spray primers or Army Painter's spray primers, which are significantly cheaper, but, you know, they're just as good. Uh, there's a few colors I'm not a big fan of from the Army Painter. Uh, I find because they dr uh, dry with a glossiness, and so that's a caution right there. Uh, whereas the GW primers, spray primers, they are always matte and like a good proper primer. They're matte and have a slight texture. But the biggest caution is not over priming. Often when I'm priming big model, even small models, it's just a quick little two little blasts turn, you know, 25%, two little blasts, 25%, two little blasts. And that's usually about it, about, you know, 12 inches, 30 centimeters away. Just like how the can, like often the directions in the cans, you just follow the directions and, you know, you do it, right? But often, uh, just two quick little pumps, maybe for a bigger service, might be three pumps, but usually it's enough. You don't want to over-prime because you obscure details and uh, often I have a few models that I've over-primed because sometimes I'm not paying attention to what I do. And when you over-prime, the uh, primer sits too thick on the surface. And so when you are thinning down your paints, you'll find it's like uh, like ink on paper, like uh, a watercolor on like regular kind of paper where the, it'll just go and bleed everywhere. That's what ends up happening. So when you're over-priming, that's often what ends up occurring when you thin your paints down, which you should be doing anyway. And you're paint will start bleeding all over the place and it becomes a huge pain and you stop, you know, having fun and you start to cry. Cry yourself to sleep at night and yeah, it's no good. 
<laughs> I know, that's kind of silly, right? Um, yeah, so that was Liking Up in Smoke. But yeah, if you're not using an airbrush, uh, I like I, lately I've been priming with the airbrush. I got Vallejo's uh, primers, and I've been priming a lot with that. And I like it because I can just sit at my desk and prime my models. Well, I have my uh, mask on. I have this little thing here. I don't know. And then I say, no one cared who I was till I put on the mask. And then, yeah, that's what I do. That's the way I like to prime these days. I don't use the spray primers anymore. And I, I haven't primed uh, with a brush in like a long time. But it does come in handy to have uh, a brush-on primer at times. Because, say for example, you, you painted the model. And then you didn't like the way something uh, happened, but you liked the way the rest of the model looked. Well, you can always, or even if you had uh, broken or chipped the model, and you can reprime that area and reapply. And without, you know, having to repaint the whole model, you can always just reapply the primer to the where the damage occurred and, uh, you know, apply your paint again. So it's always handy to have some bottle, uh, bottle primer. Paint on primer. You know what I mean. Uh, Pony Pledge, you aren't the real ward. I'm not the real ward? Oh, Matthew Ward. <laughs> yeah. Well, he could be. I mean, I'm sure there's you know, a few Matthew Wards out there. Although I wouldn't admit it. But <laughs> uh, Eric Prout. I don't know if I'm saying your last name right, but I'm sorry. I have to say, I'm a really... I. <laughs> I really am a fan of your painting style as opposed to, say, a hyper-realism look. Could you walk me through the techniques you use to paint a model so that I can try and copy and learn? Well, it's been a while since I've done a beginning-to-end uh, tutorial series. I may do one uh, on my own uh, because, you know, I haven't done one in a while. And there there is something fun about that whole you know, beginning to end kind of process of seeing a model. Whereas lately I've been doing just the quick tip series where I'm just kind of just picking one little facet of painting and then, you know, addressing just that one little aspect. Whereas, you know, when you go through the whole process, you know, you can learn quite a bit. So my whole process when painting, it doesn't, it, it doesn't begin at painting. It actually begins at the assembly. Assembling your models, be it plastic, resin, uh, pewter. Clean your models. Now the plastic, it's, I often don't bother cleaning them up. But resin and pewter, I will clean. You know, you just throw them in lukewarm water, a little bit of dish, uh, dish soap. You know, take a toothbrush, give them a little scrubbing, off you go. Because those have really funny molding processes. Whereas plastic... Uh, they go through like a wash. I'm sure that pewter and resin, they go through some sort of wash. But like with Forge World models, I find that you can e you can even see sometimes some of the silicone uh, mold, sometimes in some of the tight details, it breaks off in the process of molding, right? And so it's always important to wash your models before you assemble. And even after assembling too, because when you're handling the model and you're putting everything together, your, uh, the excuse me, the oils from your fingers get onto your model and then you you prime and then you start painting and all of a sudden that little oily barrier all of a sudden decides well uh i don't want that paint here Whoop, the paint comes off oh no now the paint's coming off so 
painting begins at the assembly, making sure your model is clean, and then proper uh, assembly of the model. And that takes you back to the scoring the parts, and even like the plastic parts, like plastic models, I score. And then apply the plastic cement, that really runny, liquidy glue. That's the best glue to use for um, assembling. And I score the parts, glue them together, and then give them a day to rest. Uh, just because often I find that it takes a long time for that glue to really kind of set for whatever reason. But the bond is so strong when it's done. And, you know, cleaning off your mold lines. That's the next big important part of your uh, assembly. Because nothing will kill a paint job worse you could do a beautiful paint job but if you see mold lines then people are gonna go oh my lord you like come on man you know so clean the mold lines take the time to properly clean the mold lines off and often with that it's just you know i use an exacto blade i have like citadel's tools and stuff like that but i often just use an exacto blade and clean the mold lines off pewter resin plastic all the same clean them all off it's very important because, like I said, it will kill your finished paint job. You can paint a beautifully painted model, you spent 100 hours on, but if you didn't assemble that model properly, <laughs> you're going to get slammed for it for whatever reason, right? And so, yeah. Then the priming. And like I said before, the, you don't overprime. Don't overprime. Because, like I said, too much primer paint's going to bleed all over the place. You're going to lose control of the surface. You might as well just strip the model and prime it again. <clears throat> then base coating. Now base coating is also very important. A model can be just base coated and look pretty good if you can do proper base coating. Proper base coating being when, and I've shown this technique many times in a lot of tutorials that I've done, Working, I always work in thin layers. Now, when I'm base coating, I, I typically don't use thinner. I'll use just plain old water, clean, clean water, to thin the paints down a bit. Especially with Games Workshop colors, I always thin the Games Workshop colors. Vallejo, not so much. Usually just the dampness of the brush is usually enough to get, just kind of take it down just a bit more so that it flows nicely. But, yeah, often with those colors like Reaper, Vallejo, you don't have to thin them down up. Uh, Privateer Press's uh, P3 range, Games Workshop, they're very thick kind of paint. Well, I don't, I've heard mixed results with P3s, but uh, in my experience, P3s have always been kind of a thicker base paint. It, they're basically the older Games Workshop paints, so <clears throat> apparently it's the same company too that produces them. But anyway, and the biggest thing when you're applying your base coat, <laughs> I almost lost, almost lost my train of thought there. When you're applying your base coat and you're thinning your paint down, the best way to not have brush strokes behind is when you apply your paint and say, for example, you keep your brush, try and keep your brush strokes consistent. So this is where obviously you have to start being conscious of how you're painting, of what you're doing, you know, awareness of what you're doing and, you know, everything like that, right? It's this, it's kind of a Zen kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, brush strokes. When you're, if be mindful, always keep your brush strokes in one direction. Okay, because you're working in thinner color. Now it's okay that if you see primer showing through, or you know, or some of the color looks deeper because of the brush strokes, and the color is, looks stronger at one point of the stroke and is weaker in the other. You know what I mean? Like when you're a big broad surface, and you can see how like you know there's unevenness, right? That's fine. Because you're working in thinner thinner uh, colors, that's fine. 
So you're being mindful that your brush strokes are all going in one direction. You wait till that layer is dry, which usually doesn't take too long because it's thin. You go in a perpendicular action to what you had previously done. So if you went this way, you're going this way next with your, again, with your thinner color and you're applying it this way. After about two or three or four passes like that, doing that and that and that and that, the color is going to be very flat and even and there won't be obvious brush strokes. Okay. Because you went in many different directions. And that's the best way to apply a base coat because, and it's very important to have a very smooth base coat because no matter, like whatever technique you happen to be doing next, like to highlight and everything, will show. For example, like your brush strokes, removing your brush strokes from your painting, okay? If you go to dry brush you and you have like heavy brush strokes on your model, your dry brushing will pick that up. And that's where often where that chalkiness comes from is the brush strokes of your model. Because that's the whole process of dry brushing, right? It's just catching those raised surfaces. And if you have, say, for example, a Space Marine shoulder pad and you have your heavy brush stroke and you're highlighting and also you have that heavy brush stroke in there, the dry brushing will pick that up and also it becomes this big line on your model. And you're like, oh, what the heck? And yeah, so that's that. Uh, that's okay, yeah, so base coating. So often it's mastering the proper base coat and a model will look good just at the base coating phase. If the model has been properly cleaned and then has a nice smooth base coat and you've base coated like all the areas, you can paint the base and you're done. Hit it with a shade, like a shade wash. And like people think you spent hours upon hours. And really, I wouldn't go further than that. Especially if you're new to painting, perfect those phases first before trying to get into the whole highlighting aspect. Because once you've got nice, well-prepared models and they're properly base coated, and you say, for example, you have the, like say, for, let's, let's use the Space Marine for an example. You have the Space Marine, he's all painted uh, in flat, even color. And then you want to do his shoulder trim. Well, then you do his shoulder trim in a nice, even color. You want to lay down metals, metallics for like his gun and, you know, things like that. Then, Practice, 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 practice makes perfect, right? That's how you get to Carnegie Hall, right? So, for a lot of new people, that's what I would definitely recommend. Don't worry about highlighting or anything like that. You'll get to that when you want, <laughs> when, you, when, you're, when you're up to it. But perfecting, assembling, and base coating, yes, is definitely your painting will improve tenfold just by mastering those. So when you are ready to move on, you go on to the highlighting. Now highlighting, there's many, many different ways. And I'm going to run out of time here before the end here. But anyway, highlighting. Highlighting, there's many different ways. And so often a lot of people, new people to the hobby, um, get completely tripped up. How do you highlight? My gosh, this is... This is like splitting the atom for God's sakes, right? But it's not. And once you have mastered, like once you're starting to master the assembly and the base coating, you're getting used to how your colors get applied. And you're already halfway there for the highlighting phase. And when you get into the highlighting phase, it's, you, you, it's really the process of controlling the paint. And when you're, th when you're always using thinning your paints down and you start to get used to how 
uh, how to thin your paint. You know, too thin, too thick, you know, medium versus water versus whatever, right? You start to master that and then highlighting doesn't even seem like a challenge. And then, and then it just becomes, well, how do I want to highlight? Well, that often comes down to the model. What style of highlighting you want to do? Often hard materials, space marine armor, um, you know, vehicles, things of that nature. It really depends. Edge highlighting looks really good. Keeps a clean, crisp kind of look to the model. Dry brushing, if I want to have color blends, or it has a high texture like fur, I often dry brush fur because it looks better. Wet blending, well, wet blending, wet blend. You can wet blend fur, you can wet blend armor, you can wet blend everything. Well, wet blending often, wet blending tends to be the fastest way. Often, once you've once you've gotten used to how the colors move, wet blending often tends to be the fastest way to paint a model in my experience, because once you get used to how the color reacts, you can really quickly create a dark to a light transition with just a couple colors. And especially if you don't even use retarders and you, you, you're pretty confident in your ability to wet blend something, you can achieve your color transitions in one shot like that, you know, and just the space of time that it takes me to do this, I'm done. You know what I mean? Is it good for speed painting? I don't know, because <laughs> I'm not much of a speed painter, and I'm not the fastest painter in the world. I'm slow. I've got this um, the subscriber giveaway going on, where for any of the silver or gold members, uh, <laughs> gold member, anybody who's already that level, because I'm giving away three months of silver membership, right? And Anybody who's already a silver or gold, well, they don't really care unless they want the three months free, right? But I'll do a commission, a small commission, of course. Now, I don't know if I said it in the video, but don't expect it back right away. <laughs> it's not going to happen very quickly. I, I mean, I, I'm still working on a commission for a fellow who's local. And now, mind you, I've fallen way behind on it. And, you know, I think, oh, okay, I'll get to it. And then, oh, I forgot. Oh, I'll get to it. Maybe next, maybe next show. Or maybe before next show, I'll get it done and I'll show you this commission piece that I did for somebody. And it's only to a to a, uh, a high tabletop standard. It's not it's not going to win any awards. At least I don't think it will. I don't think it will. But it's a good clean paint job. You know, it's it's still meant to be played with. So you know, if somebody drops it, whatever. Well, I'm sorry. You know. But yeah. Um. I can't remember what the original question was now. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it was about, about the whole painting process. Yeah, but that's a lengthy subject. That And the whole uh, quick tips that I've been doing for, you know, for the vault, it's huge. And by the time I'm done, and my list uh, of quick tips, like, to be done is huge. It's a huge list. And it's really good because it's all user feedback and everything like that, right? And I think when it's all said and done, that when I can't do another quick tip, if it comes to that point where I just, I flat out can't do another one, because it's already been done, you know, 10 times already, and can't do any more, it'll probably be, to that point, all my knowledge of painting will, 
will be committed to film. All, all of this up here will be committed to film. But thankfully, I don't think I'm at that point. But I know enough about myself, I think, that I can say, yeah, it'll, it, the, the day will come. Or unless, you know, I go mad and end up, you know, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not funny, I know. Um, yeah, what time are we at? Oh, we're two minutes after. Well, I didn't get started until two minutes after the hour, right? So, we'll a little bit of run on. <laughs> and I didn't get to everybody's questions, but that's good because keep leaving your comments here because I do go through them. And maybe we'll save them for next week. I'll, I'll address these comments next week. But, yeah. And, of course, you know, send emails to me. You know, Chris at Mini Wargaming or on YouTube here. Send me, you know, a message. And... You know, about anything. Or even just advice. Or maybe you just want to show off what you're painting. Uh, maybe you're saying, hey, I can paint way better than Chris. I'm going to send him an email uh, with a picture of my awesome work that looks way better than his. And, you know, if you're going to do that and your, your painting is better than mine, title in the subject heading, have it say, uh, eat it, Chris Bello. And then have the picture... Um, of your awesome work or just send me a picture of you know you know your painting and just title it Eat It Chris Bell no <laughs> don't because it sounds like a whole bunch of hate mail is going to come my way <laughs> and then I'll have hurt feelings and I'll come out of the show and I'll be all sad I'll just, <gasps> I, I don't want to do the show today <laughs> um, but yeah I think we are going to end it today Got quite a few. Did we learn something? Oh, I didn't even got to any demo anything today. I didn't get the demo. Leave, leave a comment below of what you want to see demoed next week. We'll get to a demo next week. I, the questions today I could have answered with a demo, I guess. But like the orc one was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if I've ever done it. Because typically with orc flesh, I've always kind of gone from uh, like a Dark Angels green, like the Caliban green. And then went with uh, the mid-tone, which is like, well, now it's called Warpstone Glow. I don't remember what the heck the mid-tone was before. I don't remember. And then, anyway, I always went up to yellows. And then often I would go um, to the, it's, it was like, it used to be called Rotting Flesh, but it was a real pale green. It was like a, it was like the green with more white added to it, and so it was a really soft color. And I'd use that for just like the little spot highlights. And then I used to give the orc flesh uh, a wash of yellow, yellow glaze, and that would bring everything vibrant yellow again, but stay really dark in the crevices. And so it added a really nice contrast to everything. And yeah, that's what I used to do for orc flesh. But I haven't really done orcs in a while. I think I did like a weird boy once for orc flesh, but yeah, as a, as a video anyway, but yeah, keep leaving those comments. We'll get to them eventually. Right. A demo. Yeah. A de definitely a demo pony pledge. I'd like to see a demo of blending next week. Okay. You know what? Just for you pony pledge, because you were the first guy in this chat here today. We're going to do blending next week. We'll do, I'll do a live demo of blending. But what kind of blending? Just regular kind of blending? Wet blending? Two brush? Like two brush, no retardants, like any Joe Blow, 
guy out there can do two blend two brush blending with just no retarders anything like that just his pot tube colors a little bit of water okay that's what we'll do we're gonna do that next week we're gonna do blending i'll show you real fast blending yeah we'll do that sounds like a plan sounds like a date right a date pony pledge me and pony pledge <laughs> i don't know what the heck is going on here <laughs> but yeah let's do that next week so i'll see you guys here 12 p.m eastern standard time right here on my channel and tell your friends share it you know say hey been watching Chris, Mini Wargaming Chris. He's got his own channel. He's got his own show. He's he's brought his show back to the people because he loves to he loves to entertain and I love to inform people and I think this hobby would become something spectacular if we were all pretty much at that same level where we all love the game, we all love to paint. Because I love the game. I'm, I'm a big gamer. That's probably why I don't get to do a whole lot of painting. Especially to like a really high standard. Like I can't remember the last thing I painted to a display standard. Like I was working on. Here I'll show you guys really quickly here. I was working on this one model. That I just. I just dig this model. And I like the full size of it. But it is uh, a little bust. as uh, from Ichiban Studios. And I like this model. And there's a full version of this where he's holding like a, an orc head and he's got like this big machete and stuff. But I've been slowly painting it and I was wet blending everything and yeah, like I've only gotten half his face done for God's sakes, you know, but I was really enjoying this and I don't know why I haven't, and I started doing like a blending on his uh, vest and yeah, like I was having fun with this. I don't know why I stopped. But this is probably the last thing I've been working on to a display standard. And even still, I still ton of work to do on it, really. Tons. And it's not even really to a good display standard, like what I would like. So, but maybe I'll keep working on this guy. And bring him up to a nice display standard. Because he's got these little veins on his head. And I know people want to know how to do, because I would like to do a... Um, I lost my train of thought. Like translucent flesh, like how the veins show through the flesh. But I'd also like to emulate with paint the the translucent nature of flesh, how like light plays through, and emulating that. Now that is something that just you know would be really cool. The other thing that I have never done that I love and I've seen on the internet lots is um sheer cloth like uh i've seen it on uh cool mini or not a lot where um a woman's dress is almost see-through it's translucent i've always wanted to try it myself and i've never gotten around to it but i've never had a model that you know really called for that um but i've thought of other models even from like games workshop like um out of the dark vengeance box set the, the, the chaos lord or somebody has like uh you could see the indication of his bolt gun through his cloak and i thought what if you were to paint that translucent so that that it looked like that metal the the gun was showing through like that cloth was like satin or something right just something like that it would probably work really well with like a slanish theme 
Yeah. There we go. There we go. That's it. What? I don't know, but... <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Pony Pledge, Beginner Blending. Yes, let's do Beginner Blending. Yes, we will. That'll be the demo for next week. Yeah, that's what got this whole thing going, right? Demos. So anybody who's watching this after the fact, leave comments below what you'd like to see, what kind of questions you'd want answered. Send me, me, me the messages of, you know, pictures. What have you. Uh, I'm here. You know, like this is, this is free advice for you guys, right? Like... And somewhat entertaining. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm all done for now. And I will see you guys next Saturday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, right here on this channel. Tell your friends. Say, hey, you know what? I was watching this crazy fool, Chris, ramble on about how he got started in this silly hobby and all the crazy crap he does. <laughs> yeah. So always remember. Take care of your brushes. They'll take care of you. And, yeah, I'll see you out there somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> somewhere over... No, wait. I can't remember how the rest of that went. <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted. My whole Saturday's ruined now, right? Because... Oh, man. It's hot in here under all these lights and everything. Just to make it all look nice for you guys. <laughs> take care of your brushes. They'll take care of you. And I will see you guys next Saturday. <laughs> mm -hmm.